0: Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, welcome everybody. This is the one and only Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I'm glad you're here. I'm excited about this show as always. I'm always excited about these shows but especially this one because uh we're interviewing a cool cat is it okay to say cool cat these days alex well i don't know i What's
1: think that? you could say cool cat that's all right oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> i'm just trying to be hip anyway this guy me with
1: the times yeah yeah from the 50s
0: yeah so this guy chris uh is actually from montana and um either chris or one of his assistants reached out to me and said hey can um you might want to give Chris a shout and talk to him. You might be interested in what he has to say. And I was like, yeah, I get a lot of these requests, you know, from folks that want to be interviewed on the show. And when I found out he's from Montana, it really piqued my interest. And I thought, oh, Montana. I love Montana. I'll interview I'll interview anybody from Montana, especially a guy who's doing deals, not only doing deals in Montana, but Alex, he's doing deals virtually in multiple different markets. And I I love Montana. We were spent about two, uh, two three weeks in Montana this summer. Driving around, we camped. We went camping in Glacier National Park, and uh, just oh, fell in love with it. But um, oh, is that one of the places you stopped? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think you're in Billings, Chris. Is that right?
2: Yep, I am in Billings.
0: So I don't, you know, I had to look at a map. I don't think we drove through there. Um,
2: but anyway. The uh,
0: this is something that is just near and dear to my heart. I, I love the whole idea of flipping properties remotely. And Alex, you've been doing it forever, um, but I think Chris has even taken it to another level where he's not really even talking to sellers at all. And it's something that th- what is exactly what I did while I was on. You my, think that's
1: pretty cool, don't you, Joe?
0: <laughs> yes. Not talking to sellers at all. Ever. <laughs> if you remove that, you remove a lot. Sure. Sure. Now, there's. Well, we can talk about this in the show. Like, you know, when you do remove that, maybe you're losing some efficiencies. You know, you're giving away those leads to somebody who's maybe not as good as you.
1: Well, that's my concern right there is uh, losing the efficiency of, you know, you say, how many, how many deals do you have to sacrifice to get that done?
0: Well, we're going to talk about that because I bet you Chris has a good answer for that, and I know I do. Um, in fact, I, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself but, because this is something – I'm teaching a class right now, Alex, called Automated Wholesaling, and um, I actually just bought the domain, Automated Wholesaling. Do you like it? Did you just snag that from GoDaddy? No, I I snagged it from somebody who had it on GoDaddy. I ah. paid <laughs> I paid 750 bucks for it. Wow! Yeah, I know it's kind of steep, but I just really love that name. And uh, I don't know if you know a guy, mutual friend of uh, of ours, Sam Bell. Yeah, he he owned that domain actually, and okay, so I uh, called him up, and he said, <laughs> and he did an auction. He did an auction on it, or no, I just asked him how much, and he said. Well, we played this game back and forth, like whoever comes up with the first number, right? <laughs> so he said, you got to love that. Yeah, he said, Well, what's the most you'd pay? And,
1: uh, Oh, wow. I said, that's Well, like, that's a brazen question. Sure. That's like a
0: seller asking you, Well, how much do you want to pay me? <laughs> so, I, so I said back, Well, if I could pay you all cash and, and pay, <laughs> pay you nice. in, in seven minutes, what's the least you'd take? And uh, so I it, I started off. I just wanted this domain, so I started it at five hundred bucks. And he said oh, it's seven fifteen and it's yours. And I said fine.
1: Wow. And you know
0: what? He might have let it go for a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I know he probably he probably would have. But um, and he wasn't using it, so it was, I probably um, paid too much for it. But I just started. Oh wow. I just started a few weeks ago, uh, a, a six to eight week it started off at six it's probably going to be eight weeks now Um, class on automated wholesaling it's a group coaching thing that i'm doing uh, revealing the same stuff that i did while i was traveling the country flipping properties i've been doing this for over a year and it's it's something it's real simple it's nothing um earth shattering it's uh it's pretty simple. And and Chris and I do a lot of the same things. We're going to talk about that here, but um real quick Alex, how are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, no. No, PPC's definitely
1: been working uh working for sure.
0: Good. Good. Okay. Well, I I want to get into this interview right away because I know Chris's time is valuable, as is yours Alex. And and I have nothing else Oh, to actually,
1: do. you know what? Wait, wait, wait. There's more than that. Um Yeah. There's actually probably I forgot. There are some small little, weenie deals, is what I call them. I almost just like forget about those. But let's see, maybe like six. And then one of those was, a deal we got. Wow, I'll have to get the guy that I did this deal with um, on here for a podcast. But it was it's a wholesale deal that, that's turning into a sixty-five thousand dollar wholesale.
0: Just from pay per click. Yeah, six this month.
1: Well, no, probably, probably I would say from when I started, if we're starting the beginning of this year, from the middle of, okay. middle of January probably. All
0: right, so from the last two months, you've gotten almost six deals from Google Pay-Per-Click.
1: Yeah. Nice. Yeah, That's and really nice. to give you a preview of that one, sure. that wholesale deal, a lady tried to uh, quick claim it. To uh, a re- or the guy tried to quit claim it to his sister so he could get out of the contract.
0: <laughs> yeah. Maybe
1: quick yeah. claims
0: would be a good list to mail to.
1: Ah, uh, maybe, maybe. I'm I've heard I've heard. <laughs>
0: yeah, it doesn't work. I swear, <laughs> no, it doesn't not work at in all. St. Louis. <laughs> doesn't work in but Miami. But he tried to quit
1: claim it so that uh, oh, I don't own it anymore, uh-huh. and uh, you know. It'll work out.
0: Okay. Well, cool. Um, Everybody, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com, realestateinvestingmastery.com, and leave us a review in iTunes. Let us know, you know, do you like the show? On our website, we have this thing called a Fast Cash Survival Kit, and it's really cool. We give away a lot of free stuff on our website. You know, um, Alex, I'm giving away... One of the podcasts we just did recently, and I forget who it was with. I should know this. I'm embarrassed. We were giving away. Um, oh, yeah, that was the one where we were giving away, like, a really cool, was it? A course. Was it like, an, an entire course on being a landlord.
1: Oh, it was the landlord course. But then we was something else on, a, like, on a deal flow or something like that.
0: Yeah, we're always giving away cool stuff. We just can't remember. Because when
1: you give away too much cool, you kind of forget.
0: <laughs> well, maybe we need to stop giving away so much cool stuff.
1: Start,
0: start charging for this stuff. But
1: No, no. You we know, keep it.
0: We, we sure keep- appreciate all of the reviews and comments. I just want to read a couple of them here, if that's okay, because um, we want to just tell you that we appreciate it. Whether you're leaving um, good review or bad review, we, we appreciate that because we want to know how we're doing. Uh, This is from V. Martinez, Bursting with Workable Ideas. Great podcasts. I'm a realtor, five stars. I'm a realtor who enjoys learning about all aspects of real estate and have really enjoyed learning about wholesaling and creative financing. Your interview with Will Velasquez was one of my favorites. Maybe I already read that one.
1: Hmm. I think you did read that one. I think
0: I did. We need more reviews, guys, because I'm I'm, I'm out of new ones. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. All right, so, yeah, leave us some reviews. But let's get on. Let's get on with this. Um, we got a a great guy here from Montana, Billings, Montana. And Chris, do you pronounce your last name Cedar?
2: Yep. Cedar is it.
0: Awesome. You know what? I bought your book on Kindle the other day. Okay. And I read it actually. Um, you have a book on Kindle called Virtual Flips, I think. Is that what it's called?
2: Yep. Absolutely.
0: Good little book. And uh, it was great, you know, and I was looking through that and I thought, man, Chris is doing a lot of the same things I'm doing. Um, You've been around a while. Talk a little bit about your story. You you were rehabbing a lot of houses with your dad, I believe, right?
2: Yep, yep. I've kind of, I guess, grown up around the real estate business my entire life. My dad's been doing it. He's been a real estate broker and also rehabber and landlord since the early 1980s. So I've kind of grown up around it my entire life. He did it over the years in very very small town Montana, just buying two or three rehab projects a year, buying a you know one or two rentals a a year over the past thirty years, some years more. Okay. But yeah, so I've I've grown up around it, kind of learned the business. Um, I really didn't growing up didn't know anything really what he was doing. All I knew is that if I go and mow some lawns for him, he'll he'll pay me. That's that's about it. Yeah. So I really got started in 2009, which was the year I graduated college. Uh-huh. Got out of college, you know, went kind of looking for what am I going to do?
1: Oh, what... man, dude, you're a young guy then.
2: I am. I'm I'm not even 30 yet.
0: Oh my <laughs> goodness! All right, that sucks. No, I'm just <laughs>
2: yeah congrats um, yeah no, thank but... you yeah so it's i guess grad- what did you
1: go to school for yeah
2: Bus- business management all right with a minor in golf and drinking i would say oh, oh wow yeah all
0: right so how much how, how much has that helped you
2: um probably not not a ton i would say and Um, it's,
0: it's good to put on your resume
2: yeah, if I one? ever if I ever needed one, it definitely would be good. I am
0: embarrassed to admit that I am actually finishing up my MBA right now. I Back in 2005, which has been 10 years ago, I started working on my MBA part-time because I was all about climbing that corporate ladder, wanting to get ahead. I thought I had to have a degree. And I got all the way to having like one or two classes left, and I quit. And that was about five years ago. And it's just been a haunting me, hanging over my head for the last five years. I got to get this MBA finished. Well, it's not going to do me a hill of beans to get a couple letters to put at the end of my name or to have a degree. I'm not going to. I'm not going to hang it on my wall. But you know, it's good to have. I think, right? It's good to have a college education. There's nothing bad about that. But anyway, I digress. You're talking about. Um, Getting an MBA work – I mean, getting a degree in college and, and playing a lot of um, – having a good time, right?
1: Yep, absolutely. Yeah, okay. that's your um, mas- that's your master's, right?
0: For me, yeah. Yeah, I'll have my awesome. master's in business administration.
2: Yeah, that is pretty cool. I I actually want to – or my wife – I should say my wife wants me to go back here down the road whenever and get a master's degree. Okay. You know, it's not going to do me any good or anything, but like you said, it'd be kind of fun to have one. Sure. And I I want to get one from like the University of Florida or somewhere <laughs> somewhere fun.
0: University of Hawaii. Yeah. San Diego State University. Uh, I hear you. Or how about La Jolla? Isn't there a school in La Jolla? I want to go there. But um, you know, it's important. To, I mean, getting a degree I think is good to, you know, kind of help you get a well-rounded education, to network. I mean, I meet a lot of people in the business world at my MBA school, right? So not everybody does real estate, you know? Not everybody yeah. does this internet stuff. And, you know, usually, you know, those are the only people that I associate with. So it's kind of neat to get out there and network with other folks that are doing some different things. But, you know, you're from Montana. I mean, what's it like being in Montana? It's a beautiful state. I loved driving through it. But a lot of people you know think that is there anything to do in Montana except look at the beautiful mountains and and the big blue sky? You know what I'm saying
2: yeah, yeah, I mean there are there there's definitely not as much to do as say a big city, but there are tons of different options where skiing hiking, you know snowboarding um lots of things to do outdoors, some of the the best fishing, I would say, in the U.S. Yeah. Um, just the there is a lot of lot of stuff to do, I, and I live in the the biggest city in Montana, where hundred and ten thousand people, so <laughs> <laughs> we have we do have most things I would say that a big city w- would have, yeah. but on a smaller scale. All right. So, do you have a target? We do have a target.
0: There you go. All right. That's that's pretty much the standard by which everybody judges a city. Do you have a Walmart or a Target? Or do you have both?
2: Yep, we have two Wal- two Walmarts and two Targets, so we're we're good to go well, that's there. That's
0: pretty good. Yeah, yeah.
2: So here's the here's the really cool thing
0: about Montana. It's it's one of the most incredible, beautiful states in the United States. And um when we were there, we fell in love with Huckleberries. And I don't I do Huckleberries I'm sure they grow all over that part of the country but are they, why are they so big in Montana?
2: You know, I'm honestly not not sure why they're so big. Um just because I I would say in eastern or not eastern, western Montana there is a ton of them and that's kind of just I guess what they're <laughs> they're known for there. Oh I, man, we had huckleberry really
0: we had huckleberry ice cream, huckleberry pies. We brought home a bunch of huckleberry jam um uh, the one of, some of the best ice cream we've ever had was at Glacier National park uh huckleberry ice cream oh anyway I digress again the I, I think God's blessed that part of the world that part of the country um, with just incredible scenery and my dream would be to live somewhere in the mountains like in montana or maybe Wyoming Colorado um and just live out there and have fast internet Right, so if I can live in yeah. the mountains and have really fast, high-speed internet, I'm in heaven. I could run yeah, my yeah, and do it from anywhere.
2: And we we are just actually buying a um a duplex in a little mountain town, kind of outside. Oh yeah, outside of us in it's called Red Lodge, Montana. It's just a little podunk ski town, and I just here I think it was on Friday got an offer accepted on a a nice little fixer upper duplex in that town that we're going to keep the top unit for us to vacation in cool. whenever we want to go skiing or whatnot that's and then cool. rent out the bottom unit and it's going to be a, a great little property.
0: So you're doing deals in Montana itself and you're yep. doing deals virtually elsewhere. Like what percent of your business right now is in Montana? Would you say?
2: Um, I'd say that that's a I'd say the bulk of our business is still in Montana. We, um, All of our rehab projects are currently in Montana. Okay. So that, I would say right now, that's the bulk of our, our profits. But at the same time, I've really been aggressively, I guess, investing a lot of those profits into mailing campaigns in, in five different places right now. So it's hard to say exactly what the the percentages but yeah right now still the the bulk of our money is is rehab projects and we're still shifting and and doing quite a few wholesale deals all over right now too
0: you're reinvesting your mark your some of your profits into marketing i love that it's really important
2: yeah definitely and then that's one of those things that we found gets a one of the best returns on on your investment is reinvesting back into your yeah. your marketing because there you can, you know, spend a couple thousand bucks and turn that into 10,000 or, right. Or more.
0: And then you're also taking some of your profits and reinvesting them into your retirement, right? So, yeah. So you can retire when you're at the ripe old age of 35 or 40, if you wanted to. And that's one of the cool things about Montana too, is is the cost of living is not that high. So you could be making a New York income and living in Montana like a king.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So cool. All right, now you what what got you into wholesaling? You you were doing a bunch of work with your dad and kind of rehabbing houses. Do you get tired of swinging a hammer?
2: Um, no, I would say wholesaling was I always kind of like our uh, just one other avenue that we used even in our own local market. Okay. To generate income, we'd you know buy anything that we could that was a or we still do anything that we can that's a deal in our area that is in a a good location that we we like and any leads that we had coming in that were say in some of the more rental areas in our city or you know just kind of there's no real war zone or anything but just lower income areas we'd wholesale all of those off Okay. So that's kind of where where I started learning how to wholesale and and sell these houses, and from there i yeah just decided we got to a point in our rehabbing business where you know we're just buying so many houses, wholesaling everything we can in our own market that I wanted to do more deals, but we really hit a a peak, so I decided that I wanted to learn everything that I could about virtual wholesaling, wholesaling in different markets. Uh-huh. Um, you know, when you have a couple hundred thousand in the bank, you what do you do with it? You want to in, either invest it somewhere. Um, and I figured I'd spend some of it on, on marketing. So that's kind of where I decided to start learning about it. And I think I really started learning, trying to learn about it in 2012, that was my my first real attempt at the virtual wholesaling that at the time didn't didn't work out too well, but from there i I learned and kind of ironed out the kinks.
0: Talk about what how did you get started in virtual wholesaling did you buy a course were you what were you trying to do with when you first started
2: when I first started in virtual wholesaling i was i guess tried to Um, because back I think it was 2012, there were just a ton of them everywhere. So I was like, this is gonna be easy. I can go in any market, cherry pick some HUD houses, and easily flip them to some other investors. Okay. So I found a. I think I, I the first market I picked for whatever reason was Dayton, Ohio. I don't even know why I exactly picked that market. I think doing a little research, I found that lots of deals in there for cheap prices. So. I just went in, started making offers, right away got two offers accepted at what I thought were rock bottom prices and I couldn't move them. I tried calling everybody, all the buyers, contacting all the local RIAs and just nobody wanted them. They were just, you know, marginal deals. Yeah. So I ended up losing, I I think it was a thousand dollar earnest money deposit on each one of those. Okay. So I lost that. And from there, I kind of decided to to take a little break from from trying the virtual wholesaling and just focus on our rehabbing in our own market. Um, but I continued over the, the next six months or whatnot, really learning about the the virtual wholesaling process, what I needed to do. And on those particular deals, what I found that I really did wrong was I didn't have a good, reliable person on the ground. That could. I had the the realtor that was there that could take pictures and and do all that work, but I didn't have a a good solid person that was more so real estate investing inclined, knew the business of wholesaling, had buyers, knew what they were doing, and could get those properties moved for yeah, me. That's so that yeah, and that was what I think was almost an aha moment. Looking back on that, was okay. I need. That type of person in a new market that I go into um, so from there i don 't know however long it was I started I think I went through chris chico's not i don't think I got his full course, but I read his book, yeah learned all of those things, watched you know a ton of different videos, bought some other books on virtual wholesaling and from there decided, okay, I'm going to try it again, but this time I'm going to go in it with a, with a little more of a plan. So I found a, another real estate market, did some better market research, ended up finding the exact areas in that real estate market where the most cash sales were, where the most people were buying and where it was not ghetto price points, but you know, decent price points. I then went out and found a, a good, solid wholesaler, somebody that I'd actually met in Alex's Wholesaling Houses full time group. Yeah. So, found him. I knew that from being in that group, he was a good guy, legit wholesaler, was doing business. Contacted him. We kind of talked a little bit, um, figured out how to structure everything. And I started where I sent out the marketing. All of those phone calls came into my, at the time, I and I still use Pat Live to, uh-huh. to pre-screen all of my calls. So all the calls came into to Pat Live. Um, then from those calls, I just sat there and forwarded all the emails, all the lead sheets filled out to him. Uh-huh. And he went off and did his whole thing, um, Followed up with all the sellers, went and looked at all the properties put the the good ones under contract, and I believe we ended up getting two deals out of that that first campaign that was around i want to say nineteen hundred postcards yeah um I think one of them was a six thousand dollar deal that we ended up splitting, so I got three thousand he got three thousand I think the other one was like fifty one hundred or or something like that, so I got twenty six hundred he got twenty six hundred so it it worked out great and we just continued to expand on that and consistently doing marketing in in that market and slowly grown in, into doing it in five other markets right now.
0: That's fantastic and I know Alex I heard you you wanted to chime in when he mentioned wholesaling houses full time cuz that's your baby. What's that? I I heard you I heard you get all excited when he mentioned wholesaling houses full time because that's your baby. Hey, yeah,
1: that's that's a lot. A lot of people have connected right. from well, that.
0: One of these days, I'm going to build my own Facebook group. Call it wholesaling houses part time. <laughs> 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 nice or no time. But you know, um, Chris, my story is kind of similar. I think Alex has some. I mean, Alex has been doing this himself the same kind of way for a while too. But for me, I wanted to do a lot of deals and i didn't want to do all the work so i thought when i was first doing this i think i'll hire um an acquisitions manager that's what all my friends were doing so i hired an acquisitions manager and i trained him i trained him to do everything find the sellers and find the buyers (laughs) put them all together and so guess what after six or seven months and this guy is still a friend of mine but we're not working together um you know he said joe I don't really need you anymore. I'm doing all of the work, literally.
1: Gee, thanks. I yeah. appreciate that.
0: And I'm just going to do this on my own now. And, you know, that's fine. There were some other um, extenuating circumstances that I won't go into, but it, it was kind of, it was time to part ways. And uh, like I said, again, we're still friends today. And we're still wholesale deals to each other. I mean, he's got a lot of good buyers, and I sometimes have <laughs> a deal.
1: I wonder where he got those from. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: I give him a hard time. I said, you know, I, I taught you everything, you know, but I didn't teach you everything I know. Uh. So, but anyway, I thought, you know, this is, it worked out pretty well, but I still found I was more involved than I cared to be. And he probably would disagree with that because he, but I was still, you know, involved. I was still kind of sending out the marketing. I was still putting out fires, answering questions and, uh, going to the title company, kind of training him as he get, went along. Uh, you no, know, there there was a time at the beginning when he was kind of getting discouraged, you know. Joe, nobody in their right mind would ever accept an offer at 50 cents on the dollar. You're crazy. You're out of your mind. And, uh, you know, no one will ever take these offers that low. Well, I said, you got to be persistent with it. you got to be consistent. Don't quit or give up. And then sure enough, we started doing a bunch of them. And we started doing really, really well, actually. But I found that I was still spending a lot of time and that I didn't want to spend on the business. So... I started thinking about that. You know, I, I'm still having to go to the title company. I'm still having to worry about inspections, and you know, there's always something that comes up at each closing. You know, at the last minute, some emergency or crisis comes up where, you know, maybe something needs to be paid, and, it, and the seller says, "I'm not paying for that," and the buyer says, well, I'm not paying for that," and then you got to, you know, eat it out of your, you know, wholesale fee or whatever. And I, I you know, I just thought, I don't want to, I don't want to worry about that. And so then I said to myself, "How can I?" I listed everything that needs to be done, and I said, "How can I get somebody else to do all of this for me, all of it, 100%?" And with the you know with the previous model I was just talking about, you look at the numbers at the end of the day, and you're still only walking away with 50, you know, 45, 50% of the gross profit because you're paying your acquisitions manager, you're paying for all the marketing, and all the time that you're putting into it, et cetera, and the overhead that you have and stuff. So I thought, well, how could I do this where I could literally travel in an RV for three months and do deals? And just the, it became something out of necessity. I just had to figure out. And, I, and, and it wasn't that hard, actually, to figure out. I said, well, I looked at this list of everything that had to be done. I said, well, you know, the VA can do this, and I can get a wholesaler that can do that. And here's the beautiful thing about what Chris just said, is because he's working with these wholesalers now, these are guys... And correct me anywhere where I'm wrong here, Chris, but these are guys who know that market inside and out, right? Yep. And they're good at what they do. They just need more leads. So you need to find those guys. It's the guy who gets a lot of leads and referrals from agents, just from word of mouth. He's known as the guy who can buy these homes. He's connected. But he doesn't like being at a computer, filtering through a hundred leads, following up with all these people. He does so maybe he knows how to do direct mail, but he doesn't he hates doing it or maybe he already does some, but he wants to do more. He's the kind of guy who's good at getting in the car, looking at houses, making offers, building rapport with sellers. He'll drop everything uh, in a minute's notice to go meet a hot, motivated seller. And he has the mentality that I'm not leaving this house until I get a contract. All right. You find that guy, and even though you're splitting the profits now 50-50, you're probably still going to make more than you would if you were doing it on your own. Why? Because this guy is probably a better negotiator than you are. He can get it lower than what you can. And because he already has a good buyer's list with active buyers that will pay more for their property, you can, he can probably sell it for more than you can. And he's also going to not waste any time that you would have wasted on dead deals. So he's more efficient, right? Right. And so Absolutely. I started partnering with these wholesalers, and sure enough, I'm, I'm making the same amount, if not more, partnering with other wholesalers on these deals. And I'm literally doing nothing. That's, it's just a, it's an amazing system. Now, obviously, yeah, maybe you can make more if you do it yourself and you were the one to go actually meet with the seller and you kept 100% of the profits. But, man, when you live in an, a really ugly place like Montana you know you don't want to do all of that right you want to you want to you want to enjoy life more and not be um glued to your computer all the time or stuck in your car going to look at houses and spending 2 hours with a unmotivated seller at their house so anyway i love it chris
2: yeah no and that that is spot on that's exactly why i i decided that experienced wholesalers were the best people to work with you're going to find you know a few of them that say no i don't need you i do all my own marketing i don't yeah. need that but yeah like you said you're looking for those ones that maybe they don't do a ton of marketing maybe they they're making a lot of mls offers and now it's starting to dry up and they really just need more more leads and that's what you can provide mm-hmm. and the the time savings
1: maybe they need a different kind of lead like a branded lead from oh i don't
0: know uh, sell, now. A- a- <laughs> sell now vanity phone number 800 sell now or 800 cash offer
1: oh no 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 i think they'd like an offer that everybody wants. so one
0: 180- you're talking about 1-800 fair offer
1: yeah, I said they want a offer. Everybody wants a fair offer, right? So yeah. they just call one eight hundred fair offer. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, Alex is absolutely right. And and Alex, where can they go to get more information about that? Fair oh, one eight hundred fair offer. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: you know what? We could put a uh, link in the uh, show notes.
0: Okay. Or I can just give them your cell phone number.
1: <laughs> uh, how about we put a link in the show notes? <laughs>
0: Right, so there, we'll we'll try to put a link in the show notes, um, but you can also uh, you just did a you just did a webinar recently.: on Yeah, that. that's what I was going to say you because know,
1: I'm partners with Sean Terry and our fair offer, so I'll see if we can put the replay link for the webinar we just did. We're just getting started with a new training for the new licensees that just came on, so yeah, we will see.
0: but that's a good point because, and this is actually really important. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, because a lot of times when you send out marketing, uh, certain sellers will respond to the local phone number, the small mom and pop investor, and some investors, or some homeowners will reply, will respond better to the branded professional big company, right? And so you may send out a thousand postcards to the three to the to the local phone number and a thousand postcards to a branded one. And you may get more calls with the local ones, but you're going to get calls that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise with the branded one, if that makes any sense. Uh, So it's something that I recommend you put into your arsenal, right? So you've got a wholesaler now that's doing a bunch of postcards with a local phone number, and then maybe you can start sending some with the branded to reach the sellers that they didn't reach. Um, And you can get leads that way. And it also is, works really, really well with if you're doing some Google Pay-Per-Click.
1: Does that make sense? Well, the, the really cool thing about it, and that's if you understand Pay-Per-Click or, I mean, what we do with our licensees is, you know, so let's say somebody's county's taken, a licensee's county's taken, we say, well, pick one of our other counties. You can go find a wholesaler in their market, mm-hmm. flip this on with a flick of a switch with Pay-Per-Click and start sending them leads and start doing deals right away. Mm-hmm. So it's very powerful. You go yeah. to any market and just go, and you've got a full, <laughs> a full. You know, got a website, the brand, the image, the phone number, and all that stuff with the flip of a switch. And you can re- literally, you know, go into a market overnight if you wanted to.
0: You can, and that's really cool because with with Google Pay per click, you can start getting ads displayed in that market overnight, almost right. Right. I mean,
1: if you wanted to do, let's say you wanted to do it another way, let's say, wow, well, I don't want to go the branded approach. Well, now you got to build a website that's local to the area. Now you using up a different list and a whole, you know, using Aweber and all that kind of thing, and coming up with all these uh, with a whole different um, setup for every county in the you know that you want to go into, or you could use a branded approach that has a natural a national feel. Yeah. And- the switch and there you are
0: yeah that's good chris do you do any google pay-per-click yourself
2: i don't i'm actually i think i'm banned from pay-per-click from like four years ago or something oh really they, they yeah they still won't Dude, unlock just my open account, up another gmail account. i don't know why you'll
1: be set set up another they told gmail me account
2: yeah i actually called them up and they told me no don't even think about setting up another gmail account and trying it We'll ban that one too, well, and I don't even know why. It's you—you you probably there. Have
1: your mom set up a Gmail account.
2: Maybe I
0: will. You'll need to get <laughs> you need to get a um a new credit card probably. But here's the crazy thing: I was listening to a guy talk about this. He's been banned from Facebook and Google lots of times. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess take it from somebody who's bending all of the rules. Uh well anyway why was I listening to him I don't know but he he's always pushing the limits on his ads that he's putting on Google um and Facebook you know and but what he's done is he will get a he re, if he gets shut down he'll request a new card from his bank um and he'll get a new he'll you can change your VPN or your your IP address through a VPN right And you can get a new IP address, create a new account, and what he was saying was interesting. When you sign up for a new account, you can you have to get a new credit card number, Um, and just put the you can kind of. We're talking about some black hat stuff here. No, 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 no. not really. I, I don't think. If I am, I'm sorry in advance. So, but anyway, what he does is you can always change. You can always spell your name different ways, right? Like Chris, maybe you could say Christopher. Or maybe your last name could be Cedar the First or something like that, right? <laughs> okay. And and then when it comes to billing address, he was saying that it has to be a valid address. But it, when you're putting your billing address into your account with Google or with uh, Facebook, all they care about is you get the zip code correct, all right? So what he does is he actually finds a some random address in his zip code, and he puts he uses that address with a different variation of his name, with the same zip code, and his credit card will be approved. And he'll be able to create new accounts. So, having said all that, if you think that's Black Hat, then just ignore everything I said. Or if you feel like Google unjustly shut you down and you can't do any more ads, there are ways to get back reinstated. And uh, if you don't know what I just said and if it was over your head, well, I'm sorry, but... All they care about when you're putting in your billing information is having the correct zip code, which I thought was interesting.
2: Yeah, that's interesting.
0: Okay, so this is really cool. Now, you're doing this in about four or five different markets. I'm assuming the bulk of your marketing is just direct mail, right?
2: Yeah, the bulk is just, right now, just postcards. Um, we're just using click-to-mail, sending out a a little yellow postcard, and that's that's 99% of it right now.
0: Good, good. And then are they obnoxious postcards that say urgent, call me right away. I've been trying to reach you. I have a message about your house. Or is it, you know, I'm an investor and I want to buy your house. Call me for a fair offer. Or something like that.
2: Um it's probably a combination of both of those. Okay. <laughs> um like the the copy just says something I I grabbed a postcard here that I have. Um, just says, Hey, my name is Christopher Cedar and I'm going to buy a house in your neighborhood and was wondering if you were looking to sell. I was driving around the other day and saw your property. It caught my eye that it might be uh, a vacant property or a rental. I'll give you a fair oh, cash I offer. Like that one. Plus pay all your closing costs and buy it as is so you like don't have to fix up the I don't driving
1: and things. I saw your property. That, I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one of them. That's what I send to, um. Like the fine motivated sellers now, their vacant list. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of them. On when I send to like absentee owners, I take that line line out. But yeah, it's it's been working, so we've stuck with it. Well, okay. Yeah, then there's a little more wording.
0: They're just simple yellow postcards, right?
2: Exactly. Yep. Alex, are you
0: still doing white postcards?
1: I have been doing the white postcards, yeah,
0: is there a reason why white not yellow?
1: um, I don't know if there's really that much of a difference i I really haven't done an a to b test, I guess I should, but you know,
0: yeah, okay, well, let's talk numbers then Chris you um are well what kind of markets are you in? You don't have to give us the exact markets, but you know generally, what areas of the country do you like,
2: mainly right now, they're I guess. Trying to think, Midwest and East Coast, okay. Um, Southern, East Coast. So, those are generally the markets we're in. We're in uh, two markets in Montana right now, my own market, and then also another market that's six hours away. That it just it's been an amazing market for us wholesaling wise. We found one big time buyer up there. Yeah, that will just buy anything pretty much. That's a deal. So it, that's, it's been like the easiest market Once in the you've world. got just that
1: guy, I mean, you're made in the shade. You can almost use him as an acquisitions guy. Yeah,
0: that's
2: exactly on our lap. We just closed <laughs> one in that market in, in January, um, where, and I have a, a full-time acquisitions manager in our local market. And he also does, I guess works our, He's started to over the past few months work all our virtual leads too. But yeah, he, my acquisitions manager just called that guy up. Hey, we have a property that we're thinking about buying. What do you think you'd pay for it? Mm -hmm. Yep. Then he said, yeah, I'd pay 35. We ended up calling the seller and negotiating. We got it for 26. So we signed a contract right there the so buyer I, he went and looked at it the next day and said okay I'll take it and I, we
1: you know that's that's a great awesome easy thing but you know with this whole thing that's been going on you know like marketing a property you don't own and all that stuff and you know we could edit this out if this gets a little too
0: weird but um oh I'm not editing it out <laughs> what do you come, come on, bring it on. What were you going to say? What do you
2: think? And I should say too, we we didn't give him the address or anything of the property. We just said, "Hey, um oh, what would you okay. pay for He's a, a two bedroom, it. one bath in this area?" So That's, we didn't we didn't give him. Yeah, we we stay away from definitely marketing a property that you don't own or telling people about it cuz yeah, that I would well, say stay away on from that. On one hand,
1: it's just it can be stupid because somebody could just go right around you and cut you out of the deal. And yeah, they'll you know you'll be done with them pretty soon. But on the other hand, legally you cannot market a property you don't own with, right. or have an interest in. I should say, which is a yep. contract or an option.
0: Right. When you, in, unless you want to get your license, right? Which I actually recommend. Um, I think Chris, you are licensed yourself, aren't you? Yep, I am. Okay, and Alex is uh-huh. not. He's good. He's all set. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, you just got to be careful with our what we're trying to say for the uninitiated um, without sp- spending too much time on it is you can only market and sell your contract.
1: Right? Right. right. You can't yep. market not the and property, s- the right. contract.
0: You can market and sell the contract. That contract is assignable. You can sell that contract. And the reason why you can sell that contract is because you are an, uh, an equitable. You have an equitable interest in the contract.
1: Well, they would have to know that your contract secures a acquisitions price of X for yes. this property. That's the way you sell it. Not this is the property. What would you pay for it? I guess. Well, you got to be careful there too. <laughs> yeah. So, bottom line that was line. probably
2: worded a little right bad on my part, but yeah, that you got to be careful with that.
0: We 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 smell what you're stepping in. We know. What I said. We we can smell what you're stepping in. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh yeah yeah I know. Golly, you just got to be careful about it. And and, and you can ask a hundred different attorneys, and you'll get a hundred different opinions. And unfortunately, if you're standing before a real estate commission, that by the way is made up of realtors. You know. You know where they're going to land on the issue.
1: Now, that would be called a kangaroo court, I believe.
2: I think that's what it is. <laughs> and, and one thing that I, I ended up doing, too, here not too long ago was so that my acquisitions manager can pretty much do everything for us. Uh-huh. I gave him power of attorney or a, a limited power of attorney over wow. all real estate transactions for my um, wholesaling company specifically. All right, nice. So that way he can sign all the, the documents and everything. And then we're, we're covered with that. Where if he goes and tries to market a, a property that our company has under contract, if he didn't have that, he might, you know, could get in trouble from marketing yeah. a property that he doesn't have an interest in. But since he has power of attorney, he signed the contract, he's free he's to. He's acting on that. your
1: behalf as the yep. realtor.
0: Well, that's pretty fancy. But at the same time, we're not trying to complicate this thing, you know. No. So, no, it's simple. It's easy, right? And and how <laughs> how you get paid? Like if 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 you've got your wholesaler that is flipping the property, the question becomes, well, how does a wholesaler pay you? And I'm not going to try to answer that question because I don't know the answer to that. Um, I just get a check from the title company on, on these deals, you know. My wholesaler says, pay Joe a marketing fee of whatever. And that's really kind of what I'm doing. I'm just doing the marketing, right? I'm providing a marketing service. You could call me a marketing consultant. Um, If you wanted to be more technical or legal about it, I guess you could do a a joint venture agreement or get the property under some kind of contract and then assign it to your wholesaler. Um, I don't know. Chris, how do you handle that kind of the paperwork side of things when you actually close a deal? How do you get paid? Yeah,
2: we prefer to get paid from the the title company. Yeah, Um, That's definitely the preferred thing. And any person that we go into kind of a partnership with, we do sign a joint venture agreement for all of our, I guess, marketing costs. And we do have just, I think exactly similar to you have for each particular property, we have a I guess marketing fee fee agreement you would call it. Right. I but, believe is what we call it.
0: So here's but you know people do this all the time. They'll pay Zillow, which realtors hate Zillow, but they'll pay them thousands of dollars every month anyway to do their marketing for them, right? Yep. And Zillow itself isn't licensed, I don't think. But it's it's a marketing fee. There's companies out there that will do your direct mail. They'll buy your list and so they'll do your direct mail for you and you can pay them that kind of you can pay them to do that stuff, um, so you're just getting paid after the deal closes instead of at the beginning. Yep. I think it's important not to complicate it. Don't stress out and freak out about it. Uh, and when it comes to getting your license, I actually recommend to people to get their license. It's not that hard. It's easy to do. And the other cool thing that I'm starting to do now, Chris, is I'm actually starting to do marketing for agents as well now. Because I am licensed, I can get referral commissions. And what I'm doing now, and I'm still kind of testing this and playing with it, is I'm doing marketing for sellers and for buyers on the traditional realtor side of things. And if if my team takes the call and sets the appointment, I'm getting 50% of the commissions. If it's just a lead that I'm sending to the realtor, I'm getting 35% of the commissions. And I'm only getting paid, again, if that that seller becomes a listing and gets sold or that buyer buys a house. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So you could do the same thing that we're talking about for wholesalers. You could do the same thing for top producing agents in whatever market that you're in, hopefully a higher end, more expensive market because the commissions are bigger and you can do the same thing and start uh, doing marketing for high expensive properties to top producing agents who already have, the systems and the processes in place, they already know how to negotiate and sell. They have a killer follow-up system. And you can't get those referral commissions if you're not licensed.
1: Actually, there is a way to do that.
0: To do what? To
1: get commissions without being licensed.
0: Well, how's that?
1: You how's would that? have to set up an LLC, and the LLC would have to have also a uh, owner who is a broker or who owns part of the LLC, basically just a, a realtor that you can get to hang your license over at your LLC. And because they are the LLC, the money revenue comes into the LLC and now you can legally take part.
0: That's interesting. Cause you can, you can own a company that has realtors working for you underneath the company and you don't have to be licensed. Right. Yes. Right. So talk to an attorney about that. We're, Yes, we're not, please. You know, we're not giving legal advice here on this show.
2: Yeah, I have one of my friends in Chicago that actually does that exact same thing. Oh, yeah? Yep.
0: Well, there you go. I know we interviewed a guy, Josh Cantwell, who does that. He has a big company, big operation. And he's got a broker that works for him, underneath him. He's This guy is the broker. And he just acts, Josh just acts as the buyer. He's the investor. He owns the corporation, the LLC and he's the guy buying the properties. So when he needs to wear his investor hat, he wears it. And when he needs to wear his realtor hat, he gets his broker involved who, you know, negotiates those deals and stuff like that. So
2: Yeah, it's it's funny that you bring that up. We're we're actually doing a wholesaling or or marketing campaigns with Josh right now. Oh, yeah? Yep, we're
0: Wow. In Ohio.
2: Yeah, we just right now we're trying to I got a little nice little uh cheap rental property in in Cleveland under contract, and we're cool, yep we're partnering with with him on some mailing campaigns and working with his acquisitions manager to find them some deals and also wholesale houses there.
0: I just saw Josh the other day in San Diego at a conference. It was good to talk to him and in fact i I got him lined up i think to do a podcast interview with us soon here part two part two, yeah, that's right. uh, that's another good way to find those wholesalers, too, or those buyers. Go see who the buyers are. If you were to go into his market, you'd probably see him near the top there for properties that his LLC is buying. And you could contact those buyers and say, hey, listen, do you have an acquisitions team? Or who are the wholesalers that are bringing you the deals?
1: Or Uh you could find the buyer... Via public records, who's paying the most per square foot, and say, Hey, listen, we right. can make this a little bit better for
0: you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's a great idea.
0: Yeah, it is. You know, you just got to follow the money. That's what this is all about, right?
1: And the public records provide a perfect roadmap for that.
0: Yep. Yeah. You can never go broke making money.
1: Uh, <laughs> right. Okay. Write that one down. I will write that. Uh, yeah. I think you
0: should get that trademarked. Let's, we should maybe title the show that. I don't know. <laughs> you can never go broke making money. So follow the money. You know, follow who those big buyers are, who are the active investors there. And, you know, I won't mention who or, or what city this is in, but I might be working with this company. They buy a ton of homes, ton of properties. And they just said, to, you know, listen, this is our criteria. We want them in these zip codes, and we'll pay you five thousand dollars for every house you bring to us that meets that criteria. And then I told him, I said, "Well, okay, that's cool, but you know, do you want to? How does it work when you you need somebody to go inspect the property and look at it?" Or he said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, that's no problem. Just once you get the property, when you get a um, you know a solid lead, then send it to our acquisitions team. Our acquisitions team will go look at the house and get it under contract." and pay you a marketing fee of 5 grand for every deal you give to us.
1: No, if it's a 50,000 now are they wholesaling it?
0: No, they're buying and holding it.
1: Oh, okay. All right. So it's not like they're going to turn around and wholesale it for $40,000 more and you still only get 5 grand.
0: Right. They're okay. they're a company that will buy and hold them, fix them up and rent them out or sell them as a turnkey. So they'll just figure it in in their costs. But you know, bottom line, whoever you're working with, you need to find somebody that you can trust, who's reputable. But Chris, I'm going to ask you a question that I get asked all the time. Well, what if the wholesaler goes around behind you you're behind your back on a deal? You know, what what's going to stop them from, you know, taking this lead that you're sending them and just getting it under contract and selling it themselves without telling you about it?
2: I mean, that that definitely can happen and I I don't know really. There's I would say there's
1: there's nothing you
2: can nothing. do. Nothing. No, you're not going to sue them and Spend five grand or more to try to to right. get a little little wholesale fee. I don't think there's anything you can do, um,
1: but they'll miss out you just have... on a ton.
0: Oh, for sure. And, and here's the thing: maybe I'm speaking, putting words in your mouth, Chris. So I, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll let you talk after I say this, <laughs> because it, these guys, you know, they got where they are. Most wholesalers out there have a pretty good reputation, and it's a small knit community. Right, and word spreads out fast if they're um, screwing people out of deals. Right, absolutely. And, and so, but these guys got to where they are because they have some integrity most of the time, usually. Right, okay. So but you got to remember too, Chris. You're the you're the goose who's laying the golden egg. You're the rainmaker. And and if if they go around your back on a deal and you find out about it, well, guess what? You're not going to give your leads to them anymore. And they want your leads, right? They want you to win because the more you win, the more they win.
2: Yeah, that's absolutely right, and that's where we we really, when we do try to find a, a partner in a new market, really do our due diligence on them, and you know find get references from them, find out everything we can about them, and you know I need to if I'm going to work with them, I for one I have a pretty good I would say BS meter, yeah, and if if somebody if I just feel like something's off. I'm just not going to, not going to work with them. I'm, right. you know, I'll move on to somebody else, but yeah, just get references, really do your research, Google them. I would even say is go as far as even get a, a cheap background check on them mm. just to see what, what comes up and, yeah. you know, really be careful. Be always be very slow to, to hire or partner with somebody yeah. Yeah. and quick to, quick to let them go.
0: Personally, for me, I, I only work with people I already know. And, I, and because of the podcast, I'm fortunate to know a lot of people. And so I, I, I know a lot of people all over the country that are doing deals. Or if I don't know somebody, I know somebody that I can call that would know about them. But you can find people on Bigger Pockets, right?
1: You, you know f- somebody that knows somebody that right. robs somebody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so Chris, I want to ask you about numbers. Like uh you're doing some deals, let's say in Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh do you have general roundabout numbers that you feel comfortable sharing? Like if you were to send a thousand postcards, like how many calls would you get, how many deals that would you get? Something like
2: yeah. that. Yeah. Um typically I would say I usually I guess base a market on about two thousand postcards. Okay. And we're averaging, if we send out 2,000 postcards, about one up to two deals. Um, that's kind of what our average is. Like one marketing campaign that we recently sent out, and it may produce more down the road. We sent out, I think it was seven, little over 1,600 postcards. And we ended up with that marketing campaign. I believe we have two houses under contract currently. Our response rate on that so far was. I just ran the numbers. It was like a 2.87 percent response rate. And those
0: are people who called or left a message.
2: Those were people that called into our our Pat Live Call Center. Okay. And that was just the the total calls. Okay. Um, those are people that called and said you suck, and yeah. people that called and said, you know, gave us all their information. Um, so from there, right now, we have two houses under contract, and that's I would say typically average is we'll get about one to two. Maybe we'll get three under contract and we'll only close two of them. Okay. Does that that answer your question enough?
0: You have an acquisitions manager in-house. So how are you doing it now? Is your acquisitions manager calling the sellers back and trying to get it under contract and then sending it to the wholesaler? Or are you just sending the leads right after Pat Live to the wholesaler?
2: It it depends on the market right now. Um, In the markets that I have... Built a relationship with the wholesaler. We really, I really trust him. He really knows what he's doing. Um, I just send him the leads. In the newer markets that we're just starting out, before we've, since we haven't really, some of the the people we really don't know very well. My acquisitions manager is taking all those Pat Live leads, calling them back, kind of getting more information, and then what we do is we set up a, a Google just drive spreadsheet between that me, my acquisitions manager, and the the wholesaler has access to. Then the leads get put in there, updated, and my acquisitions manager and that wholesaler are kind of coordinating to set up showings and all that kind of stuff. So we are kind of controlling the, the leads a little more. We're putting them under contract until we build I guess, trust between us and the wholesaler. Are you getting a the,
0: bigger share of the profit when you do that?
2: Yeah, we're structuring it where it's more like 60-40 instead of 50-50, okay. where we're getting a, a, a 10% more, so not a not a bigger share. Still makes it real worthwhile for the wholesaler to do his thing, but that'll help to, I guess, cover some of the, the extra costs that we might have and cover our, our marketing.
0: Yeah. Don't you think, though, if... You're doing 2,000 postcards. You could get, you would get more properties under contract if you actually had someone to go look at the house and could negotiate with that seller, than you could just trying to do them all on the phone.
2: Um, probably, yeah. I I would think that we might be able to, but at the same time, we, you know,
0: don't yeah, want to don't want
2: to work too hard. But I get it, or or you know, it just kind of is the system. But yeah, we, I guess I'm kind of on the, the fence about that because yeah, we, we do have somebody that does go in and look at all the properties, our wholesaler. Um, and we just over the phone do a initial negotiating. Some of the deals we don't make an offer right there on the phone. Some of them, our wholesaler will yeah. present the offer in person when he looks at the property. Cause there is a lot of a lot of sellers that don't want to negotiate over the phone, yeah. they would rather meet face to face, um, sit down, have a cup of coffee, coffee with you and, and do it that way. Um, so yeah, I'd say we're not, I don't think missing out on a, on a ton of good leads there. We're definitely trying to optimize every, every good lead that, that comes in. We're trying to, to do something with it and get somebody to, to go and look at the property.
0: Okay. Nice. Um, the cool thing about working with a wholesaler is us thinking about this, they can tell you where the best zip codes are, right? They can say, yeah, absolutely. If it's a property in this zip code, make your offer based on this calculation. Like in St. Louis, there's some areas where, you know, it's real simple. Find out what the rent is on Zillow or Rentometer and just multiply it by 25. And that's the most that we'll pay for that property. There's other zip codes where maybe it's 30. And so a lot of these guys, that's what they do. They just either look at maybe a per square foot price or a multiple of the rent, and that's how you make your offers, quick and dirty. But you don't know that unless you're working with somebody who's familiar with the market and knows their buyers. And you could either spend a yeah. lot of time trying to get familiar with the buyers yourself, or you can just work with a wholesaler who already knows the answers to those questions.
2: Yeah, and yeah, working with somebody is going to make your life easier. We always do We always do our own initial market research by pulling all the cash sales, finding the zip codes. But we always, I always with every wholesaler, hey, we're looking at these, you know, five or six zip codes. What do you think about them? What are some of the other areas that you really think are hot or that you're focusing on that people are buying in? And yeah, I completely trust our, our wholesalers that are working the ground and and really go off okay they say you know really the market's moving towards this area let's focus on it also I, I trust them and we go for it
0: right good good oh well um i'm looking at my list of questions i have one more for you and you do not have to answer this if you don't want but i'd like to know what are some of your favorite lists that you like to mail to right now
2: um yeah i'll definitely um one of my favorite lists is I've been using the the fine motivated sellers now for a while and just their high equity out of state vacant houses. That seems to has produced quite a few deals for us over the past year. Um, we've probably done 15 or more wholesale deals just from that single list. Other than that, I, I really like high equity absentee owners. That's one that's It always seems to to produce results for us. Yeah. Same with, you know, in our local market, I love uh, even just regular vacant houses. Just driving around, writing down addresses, looking up who the property owner is and sending him a letter or, or giving him a call. In our local market, that I would say is my favorite. But in other markets, you know, pulling those mailing lists is... By far the the easiest and and best thing to do.
0: Have you ever tried anything fancy to mail people like those zip letters, or maybe instead of postcards you do yellow letters or anything like that?
2: I used to when I first got started in my own market. I did um, a ton of yellow letters. We, me and my my now wife then uh, girlfriend, Saturday night we'd be handwriting yellow letters oh, that's yellow, and be sending <laughs> couple, sounds romantic. Yeah. I can't
1: believe she married you
2: <laughs> I know <laughs> yeah but yeah that was back then we used to do a lot of that and yellow letters still I got the, the best response rate out of anything from but once we started doing it on more of a, a large scale I would say doing 2000 at a time we just started focusing on postcards
0: yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm always on the fence on that issue whether you should do yellow letters or postcards. You'll get more calls with yellow letters, but after you get also more tire kickers. Yep. So at the end of the day, your percentage is you might get the same number of motivated sellers, potential deals if you do postcards or letters.
1: You just have to sort through some more of the junk.
0: <laughs> right. I don't know, yeah. Alex. Have you ever have you ever tried those zip letters where you, you know it has the perforated edges and they look like a bill or something? No, no. I've been playing with the idea of of doing them. They're like sixty cents.
1: Well, like car dealerships and mortgage companies do that all the time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I get those things and I, it looks like a bill. I open them up. Yeah, yeah.
2: I got. I just got two that they look like an actual check.
0: Uh-huh. You know,
2: where it's kind of pay to the order of.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, I just got I two
2: of those in the in the mail, and I was thinking, man, that really—I was like, oh, good. Uh, somebody's sending me a check, but it was just advertisement that got me to open it. So I was actually thinking about playing around with that idea. And yeah, I've it, thought
1: about the check idea, but I don't know what you would put for a, for a check. You know, is somebody gonna if you you, you know if somebody gonna like you sending a check for? less than half of their property value. Are they going to call you on that? I mean, that's that right. They're right there. If somebody calls you back, that's pretty motivating.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, Yeah. you could put on their Maybe it doesn't have to be a dollar amount. Maybe you could just put on their fair price. I don't know.
2: That's what I was thinking. Just doing even two like question marks and then a bunch of, a few zeros, Uh you know, in the price column or something. So it's not an actual price and then putting, yeah, fair offer.
0: The idea is to get them to open it up. Right. So cool. Well, Chris, do you have anything else you want to say? How can people get a hold of you?
2: They can find me on. I do have a website kind of that lays out a lot of our our virtual wholesaling process and what we do at at virtualflips.com. So you can check us out there. I would say one of the the big things, and I know you're a – A big component of this, just listening to, I think I've listened to about half the Real Estate Mastery podcast episodes. Sweet. I've been listening to them every time I go to the gym, so slowly catching up. But I would say-
1: You're actually on the way to the gym or while you're pumping iron, you're listening to-
2: While I'm pumping iron, I'm listening to you guys.
1: Wow.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to hear that. Yeah, (laughs) But But I would say, (laughs) yeah, I would say, I mean, just you don't have to have everything perfect to get started. You don't have to know everything and develop that ready fire aim mentality Uh because I, I think that's what's helped me more than anything is I've made a lot of mistakes along the way with some of the, with my, even my first attempt at virtual wholesaling you know, made mistake, but I really think I learned more from that one mistake looking back at it than I would have if I would have had success. And I I think that if I would have had success, say wholesaling those ones, I would have continued to probably do it where I'm doing the bulk of the work. I'm doing most of it and really spending too much time or more time than I needed to. and one big thing too is with those failures i don't think that you're going to learn from them immediately but once you kind of get through that you're pissed at yourself or whatnot and you can actually reflect back on it and look at it i think that's when you really are gonna gonna learn from it and can develop a, a better system that's gonna work for you that's gonna be the best fit for you but just get started just Start sending out mailers and and making a mess and cleaning it up as you go.
0: Even if you don't have, you know, your Podio or your Freedom Soft or RealFlow set up, right? You can keep track of these leads on a yellow pad of paper. Whenever you get a good lead, just take a picture of it with your phone and email it to your wholesaler, right? Maybe keep track of the leads on a Google spreadsheet or in Evernote. In fact, I'm going to be, intervi- I'm going to be interviewing yeah. a guy real soon here. Um, he His CRM is Evernote. He just uses Evernote to keep track of his leads and his contracts. Interesting. Yeah, kind of is. No, I'm a big fan of Podio. I think that uh, it's the best thing out there since sliced bread because it's so <laughs> s- simple and easy to modify, and it's lightning fast. And, it's, and accessible from your phone. It's Absolutely. very mobile-friendly. I love it. Um, what do you use, Chris, by the way?
2: Um, I used to use and still have a subscription to it, but still have Freedom Soft. Okay. Um I just recently started switching over to RealFlow. huh. And have actually really, really liked Realflow, so I'm I may be sticking with that, but good. Anything
0: is better than nothing. Zoho is yeah. really good. I've heard a lot of people say good things about Zoho. And I think you got it's gotta be you gotta use something. It's really important you keep track of all these leads so nothing falls through the cracks. Every lead gets followed up with. And if RealFlow will do that for you, if Soft will do that for you, then you need to use something. And by the way, Freedom Soft, um I won't go into all the details, but it's a lot faster now than it used to be. Yeah, they, 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 Justin uh, over there messaged me. He's like,
1: dude, we figured it out. We flipped the switch or figured one little thing out. Now it's lightning fast. Yeah. I was like, wow, yeah.
0: It's a lot faster now and I I think there might be some new ownership soon and that's why it sped up. But what? That's all I'll say about that. All right, All right. I'm kind of in the know
2: <laughs> because I'm cool.
0: You are cool. Chris, it's been good talking to you.
2: Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I you know, really appreciate and thank you guys for for having me on. It was a lot of fun and really do enjoy your guys' podcast. I think it's one of the, the best ones out there.
0: One of them. Awesome. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Guys, you can get more information about Chris at virtualflips.com. Virtualflips.com. And he has a book on Amazon. I think it's called Virtual Flips as well.
2: Yep. You can get the, the Kindle version of that or we just got the actual phys- physical version on there. Yeah. Um. So you can actually buy the book too
0: nice it's a good little book and uh i sure appreciate it chris thank you alex
2: awesome thanks joe thanks chris yeah thank you guys
0: all right take care everybody see ya
2: see ya